0: Yes, I'll take the role. Uh, so let's first uh Greg Hansen. Yes. Yeah, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie Kennedy. Uh here. Uh, Casey Regan, present. And Josh Roth.
1: Sorry, what? I I was uh, killing Dakota.
2: Dakota. Josh.
3: We have to set the stage for our listeners. It is one year later. (laughs) Four podcasters reunite for one unforgettable mission. Strike Commando 2. It's the same thing, but with Jean-Claude Dane Cook as the main character. Also, we have drunk Linda Day George as friend and Dumbledore as... Wait. That's not the guy from the first movie? <laughs> Strike Commando 2, it's the same movie again.
2: I said you smelled like trouble, but this is ridiculous. <laughs>
3: Before we get too far, I do think it's worth noting that, hey, happy one year anniversary.
0: I'm glad we all had the same idea of uh, surprising each other by hiding inside this cake. What a coincidence. Yeah, I do think <laughs> it sort of does ruin the surprise a bit, because no one's outside the cake.
4: Who's the fifth person?
0: Wait, is that not in your hand?
4: <gasps> Dakota!
2: <laughs> 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 Dakota!
1: <laughs> Takata, how did you get in here?
3: Strike Kamensky? (laughs) (laughs) I think we did a great job, and it's wild to watch the same movie again with you guys (laughs) a year later, and in this context, understand that we're all a little leaner, we're all a little meaner, and we're all a little ready to get into a fight for our superiors if necessary.
4: It's crazy that we did that. We committed to a whole year of podcasting, and we're continuing. We're continuing. I'm just saying. You know, I I rarely commit to something so (laughs) fully.
0: Says the married woman.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Listen, this could fall apart at any second. Uh, We don't know.
0: Tenuous at best. I would like to make a toast to Jamie. I adore you. You are such a special creature. Your relationship with physical pain has something sublime about it. No man could stand Josh Roth's jokes the way you do. (laughs) I I don't know if I should choose that.
3: (laughs) I do think the the one misrepresentation from going from Strike Commando 1 to Strike Commando 2 in our journey as podcasters is that I started the pandemic looking more like Brent Huff, and now I look a little bit more like Red Brown. Nice. Like, I got a little chonkier. I got a little, you know. Brett Huff
4: is very angular. We're just it like... very angular. <laughs> and let's not conflate, like, fitness or sveltness with angles. No, that man <laughs> can cut
1: cheese with his elbows.
4: You know. <laughs> we wasted an opportunity to just... Bring in someone completely different to replace one of us and pretend that they <laughs> oh, were the same fuck. person.
3: Oh, <laughs> fuck. That would have been so Amazing. brilliant! Damn!
0: God damn it! Wow! Why did why why, why, are, we we, why are we why aren't we better at this, y'all? I fucking loved Strike Commando Two. I enjoyed it.
4: What I appreciate about Strike Commando Two is it's been a year since we watched Strike Commando One. I have still yep. not watched Rambo in that time, but it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't matter, though, because I have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, (laughs) (laughs) which is all you need for Strike Commando 2.
3: I do think there's only one way to start this episode. As Wolfgang von von Goethe once said,
0: if you see a great master, you will always find that he used what was good in his predecessors and that it was this which made him great. I thought this quote applied to today's film until I was assured by the last line of the movie that any similarity it bears on anything was a a one-in-a-million accident. (laughs) Damn, I was really hoping you were about to pull us into a loop. I'm also
3: 100% sure if you just copied and pasted your original book report for this movie and just swapped out Dakota
4: with Jenkins, it would be
3: the it would be yeah. the exact
0: same. <laughs> Greg, I I think back to that first episode we did and you had some like bold fucking opinions at the end about Bruno Mattei. I've
3: watched whole movies that are that Really, just do what this movie does in 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> and the fact that this movie is somehow 90 oh. of total and sheer insanity, it okay. really is a testament to Bruno Mattei being the unsung hero of the Italian cinema, probably above Fellini if we're being honest Whoa. with ourselves. <laughs> I he's mean, he's funnier than Fellini.
0: When you see it twice When you see Strike Commando And then you see Strike Commando 2 When you see how obvious the plagiarism
2: is
0: (laughs) You can't help but think Statements are being made This movie so many times Takes a scene that I know so well That is like canonically great Not just American cinema World cinema And
1: does it
2: better okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Name one.
3: If I may, we can all agree that it does do it again. <laughs> yes.
1: I, I, I can yeah, concede. I... Damn it, Ransom.
3: You always did have a heavy hand. Ruby. Jesus. What are you doing The same thing you are.
2: You know the news of Major Jenkins' death. That came as... blow to
0: all of us who were in the strike commando so strike commando of course michael ransom played by reb brown Mm -hmm. now played by uh brent Brent huff Huff. i don't even want to remember (laughs) the name
3: brent huff who conveniently leaves his bruno Mattei movies off of his filmography on his website
0: (laughs) What? no way he did better than this
3: i mean at least he thinks he's done better than this Incorrect, no way. sir. Similar to Gregory Scott Cummings, he has done quote-unquote better in his later life. He's had recurring characters in Shameless and The Rookie, NCIS, etc. So if you look on his website, BrentHuff.com. And you go to the actor tab, the majority of his output uh, are listed as things like Jag and Cold Case.
0: So, this is what I was going to say is like going from Red Brown to Brent Huff. I was looking through like Bruno Mattei's filmography to try to figure out if there was another Michael Ransom movie because I'd love the idea of him being like a a Jack Ryan or like <laughs> a James Bond where like a new sort of actor takes the role over and it's the same person, but like sort of differently molded for the different movies it's going to rip off. Though there is definitely some First Blood Part 2. In fact, there's some strike commando in this movie. No. They
3: just do scenes. Oh, yes. there's a oh, lot of strike there? commando in this movie. The scene early when Ransom has to go back in and he's on the boat, that's the exact same yeah. boat <laughs> sequence from the first <laughs> one.
1: Might as well have been the same boat.
3: He's on the boat, or towards the end, And he does the Rambo two thing. It's literally the exact same scene where the like guy like comes over the edge and he like and he has him like choked and he and he grabs the knife and he sticks it through like his midsection. It's literally shot for shot. It is the same scene as the scene in Rambo Two. Uh, and then as the boat is about to explode and he jumps overboard and he just goes,
2: (laughs) Our father who I (laughs) never And he jumps into
3: the water and I was like, What? What
0: did what did you just say? Here's where I begin my ardent defense of this movie. There's a YouTube supercut on the internet. I oh. want to shout out this person because it's fucking brilliant work. YouTube channel Boone, Boon B O O N. They made a supercut. It's it's a video called Strike Commando Two, the most original film ever made.
2: <laughs> and it is a
0: eleven minute video. Where they just put next to a, a, the scene from Strike Commando and what it is ripping off <gasps> from other movies. Oh right? my God. That That's as brilliant. an appreciator, as a content creator, editor, all the things. Very well curated, very well edited. Like the way it sort of like uses the audio from one clip to layer the image from another it's really cool here is where strike Commando two matured watching the two scenes next to each other you realize that the scene happens almost like insanely shot for shot like when they cut to a wide shot of the boat the size of the boat in frame is almost exactly the same like this is true detail driven plagiarism <laughs> they did it in strike commando second verse same as the first but he doesn't recite a bible verse in this one
2: <laughs> no, right But Our father he, have it.
0: The, the one difference in the scene Is in Rambo First Blood Part 2 The boat rams into another boat And the boat explodes In Strike Commando 2 Michael Ransom avoids the boat
4: <laughs> Well, he was already responsible for an entire village being wiped out in the first movie. So I'm sure he was like, no, no, not again. Yes, but perhaps the trauma
0: that Michael Ransom has lived through, he now sort of like sees people as um, human more than expendable.
4: Oh, Mm-mm. OK.
1: So Vic Jenkins, his former commanding officer, who is the like MacGuffin from the movie that he has to go rescue. He wasn't a character in the first movie at all, right? No. Seemingly no. nothing that happened in the first movie <laughs> right? happened. <Okay>. That is- <laughs> he that- suffers no time for his war crimes that he committed. The whole beginning of the movie depicts
3: a very different Vietnam than the one that we saw in oh, Strike God, Commando. the opening
1: credits. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. They were, much like the Vietnam War, long and pointless.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was shot slow-mo, but maybe... 48 frames per second, which people think is slow-mo until you actually play it. And you're like, oh, this isn't actually that much slower, is it? <laughs> so
1: we were not completely unsure. Like, it took us quite a while to figure out, wait, are they just moving in really slow motion? Or is this actually shot in slow motion? And our conclusion was both. both.
0: <laughs> it just seems like Ransom's boot got stuck in the mud. Yes.
4: Yes. And... <laughs>
0: Then Ransom was like, leave me, (laughs) go on, (laughs) leave me behind.
4: That's how I would be in Vietnam, to be perfectly honest. Just like one little stumble and be like, no, keep going. (laughs) But
3: that would be Jamie in Vietnam now.
4: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: exactly. Oh, we're on a hike.
3: Leave me. It's
0: 98% humidity. Leave me. (laughs) I also feel like we should stress Vic Jenkins is Richard Harris. Yes,
4: Richard <laughs> Dumbledore. Fucking Dumbledore
1: uh, Harris. Dumbledore. Look, Peter, I'm Michael R- I Michael I I am trying to tell you that Michael
3: Ranson was a soldier under my command. It's impossible. It's it's unthinkable that he would come here to try and kill me or kidnap me. I know the man too well.
4: He's too good for this movie and was too good for this movie when he shot this movie. So my question is Why is Richard Harris in this movie?
0: What did they have on him? Well, the 80s weren't the same as the 70s for Richard Harris. (laughs) (laughs) The 80s were a very different time. Uh, For all of us. Uh, Including, especially those of us uh, who didn't didn't exist. exist. (laughs) Very different. But, like, we're sort of felt to think that this was, like, ooh, poor fucking Richard Harris. Like, top of the world in Orca. One year, and then uh, you're <laughs> doing Strike Commando 2.
3: Top of the world, orca. orca.
0: I don't know if you feel that then. Like, this is an awesome movie. This is an awesome thing to like do and get... Paid any amount of money to do I would imagine He's just getting to be like Camp American iconography For a paycheck That's pretty sweet Which
3: is also the name of our resort Camp American iconography (laughs) (laughs) I'm judging by Jamie and Josh's uh, Resolute silence That they did
1: not feel that this movie Was awesome
4: It wasn't awesome It's fine
1: (laughs) It, It is a perfectly fine Good bad movie. We do
3: have to stress: there is only one Strike Commando. There's two Strike Commandos, yes. but there's only one Strike Commando.
1: What what really baffles me is that it feels like one of those movies where they just slap a sequel title on it, even though like it really had nothing to do with the first movie. And it's like, yeah, it's uh, Wizards of the Lost Coast two. Sure, why not? Uh, but wait,
0: it was it, the the lead was Michael Ransom.
1: Exactly, that's the thing is it's like it clearly is a sequel to the first movie because it has the same character, but it just feels like it was rebranded. It has to be said that this movie is wild because. A,
3: it completely disregards everything that we know about Michael Ransom <laughs> as established in the first movie. None of the things that happen in the first movie are referenced, discussed. D- the type of character he plays is completely different. All the events of the first movie happen and then happen in present day yes. as of Strike Commando. And then this movie ostensibly takes place after that. There's just, there's a lot of retconning happening, which yes is fine
4: love it it would make sense to me if richard harris was the character from the first strike commando the one who's like his ally in the forces who likes like we can't send ransom in there it's a suicide mission like if there was some continuity there even with the recasting if it was the same character i'd buy it but yeah the fact that we are completely out of time is
0: that would have been awesome if it was the like his super fan guy, the like Richard Crenna yep. analog. If that was the bad guy of this one, that would be like an awesome.
4: Great.
0: <laughs> that would be an awesome like movie sequel in the Michael Ransom franchise, right? Yep. That would yeah. be a completed story.
4: And I would believe the betrayal rather than being like Richard Harris is going to betray him. Oh this
1: new character Who we've never, never
0: seen before, before.
2: <laughs> Well you don't
0: get Richard Harris And not make him the bad guy I was <laughs> uh, like, That would be insane like, Just like you no. don't
4: get this Bald a Soviet Nazi man And not make him <laughs> the bad guy <laughs> Absolutely I've always been assailed By a nagging doubt Perhaps I can help you Well it is like this I've never been sure whether women are
2: stupid because they are courageous or whether they are courageous because they are stupid. They're stupid because they're courageous. Please be seated.
0: I think actually it is entirely possible that the revenge scene at the end of the first Strike Commando happens after Strike Commando 2.
3: Okay, so so we are in a full-on Finnegan's Wake yeah. of Strike Commando. I, yes, I, I love it. I actually, and not to derail us totally, I think that the events of the first Strike Commando might be a dream.
4: Mm. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna come out swinging with an even wilder theory. The okay. plots of Strike Commando are a five-year-old boy playing with his army figures in his bedroom, and he dumps them out and comes up with a new plot. And so Michael (laughs) Ransom continues through each plot, but it's completely different characters, completely different imagination, and it's all in a snow globe.
3: It's true. The first the first one would have been like a Hulk action figure and yeah. this one would have been Wolverine. Exactly. Yeah, totally. That makes sense because when Ransom's friend Ruby shows up and describes them all as strike commando.
4: <laughs>
3: I was like, what? What? Like, I, was, I was like, you're not like you're like, yeah, we were in strike commando. It's like that's not what those words mean.
4: Also, all of Michael Ransom's friends were murdered in Strike Commando <laughs> on a botched mission. mission in the beginning of strike commando one
0: also a dream well i i was very excited by that moment because i I feel like in our first episode one of us said some sort of like turn of phrase where we said like all the members of strike commando so first mission happens, we lose uh, the other members of Strike Commando. <laughs> <Everyone.
3: laughs> it is called Strike Commando,
0: not yeah. Strike Commandos. Double. Like you should have <laughs> seen it coming. Quick, exactly. Point taken. So we lose all yeah, the other yep, members yep. of Strike Commandos.
2: <laughs>
0: Obviously, logically, you'd say the Strike Commandos, but saying like all the members of Strike Commando is like inherently. Absurdly stupid.
4: Yep.
2: <laughs> and then
0: fucking, we had no idea it was canon. We had no idea that was, we were actually like tapped into what this movie was truly about. No,
3: Casey, canon was episode three for Salsa. Oh, sure. <laughs> Forgive me. The thing that did strike me about this strike me uh, was uh. that it wasn't completely dubbed. That was wild. So, a, a, a bit of history of Italian cinema. They did not shoot sync sound until the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> that Ever. blew my mind when I first heard <laughs> like like that. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Every single movie, right? Yeah. They do not shoot sync sound. That is that's a thing that is a- absurdly new to the Italian <laughs> film industry.
4: Oh, I didn't and think about that. It honestly, was sync sound, so really. right? The cinematography is better
3: oh yeah the the set pieces are 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 way more cogent as boring as sort of that first shot of the movie is it is like a remarkable step up in terms of framing and blocking in a way that it's like oh shit like bruno when did you come out the gate with like okay i have a vision
0: (laughs) how long after strike commando was this movie made one year
3: this was released the year after T- to be fair this is also like one of five movies that he released in 1988
1: Jesus did the man have a time turner how did he make
3: all of those things simultaneously in 14 days
0: and show <laughs> what is an absurd amount of aesthetic improvement in mm-hmm. a year
2: well
3: hog what do you say about my beer huh your beer is excellent Sana. and I can hold it very
2: that's why I'm gonna beat you.
0: I find the drinking scene in this movie to be like a perfect thesis for the rest of the movie because, whereas, yes, like in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the like introduction of Marion through that, like, drinking contest is iconic. Like, an amazing um, moment in American cinema. But the (laughs) other side of that competition in that movie is a non-character. And thus, the drama is only... I, uh, like in iconography.
4: Are you saying that they are characters in this movie, the belching guy. Uh, also, are we saying drama when the point of the Raiders yes. one is that they're drinking to pass out and in this one they're drinking to burp. No, <laughs> yeah. not
1: burp. Burping would be bad. It's an anti-belching belching. contest. You know, which
4: like is- a 7th grader at a barbecue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to drink this entire two-liter bottle of Shasta.
0: (laughs) Do you know what, though? If you're drinking, like, a liquor contest to the point of, like, who can pass out first, at a certain point, one or both competitors will no longer be personalities. A belching contest the whole time, there is higher drama, inherently because there are more characters engaging in the drama. I'm not saying this is like Antigone or like something.
3: It's actually fairly pro <laughs> It
1: did have KGB Ninjas, which yes. I appreciate. Which Indiana Jones did not? It only had Nazis. Yep, didn't have. I'm Nazi just saying.
0: Ninjas. On the other side of the drinking contest in Indiana Jones, that is a totally not person. The guy on the other side of the anti belching contest, I at least knew he they they'd done this before. He was very confident in himself. Obviously, they have a relationship. And then, yes, Josh, I you were uh, very astutely put. Then ninjas walked in. <laughs> <the movie. laughs> this is a great movie to do a mini-soda about because the plot I- you can. Pretty much exactly sum it up by saying a uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2 becomes a Raiders of the Lost Ark, which uh, then for a moment becomes a Predator, which then turns into <laughs> a Lethal Weapon, yep. which then finishes back in a Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs>
1: uh, it finishes at Strike Commando.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It does sort of bow tie out like that, doesn't it? It's sort of, uh, you know, uh, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein the same way. <laughs>
4: It is appropriate that our first episode was the loosiest of goosiest of episodes, then we kind of got our structure out of the way in time for episode two, but that we're playing homage to that first Strike Commando with us just throwing things at the wall plot-wise, and I hope, (laughs) listeners, you can figure it out as we go.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this one's a little less like we're talking about the plot and more just like... Yeah, you've seen the first one. That means you've seen the second one. Exactly. <laughs> it's coming out soon via Severin. You should pick it up, probably. If you liked the first one, you'll almost definitely like the second one.
4: This one could use a French priest. That would improve yes. things. More Disneyland talk would be great. Yes, but though,
1: though the Disneyland music
4: yeah is definitely.
1: present. Oh my God, the score is Randy Newman doing Indiana
2: Jones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is really problem, child. There's also a little bit of entertainer thrown in there, like.
0: At what point? Correct me if I'm wrong. The like fucking Night Rider music plays. Like there's a there's a moment where he's like on the truck where they go a little Night Rider.
1: that truck scene that that truck scene is crazy it's every indiana jones fight scene
0: crammed into one i just find this movie to be like singularly delightful well it
3: it can't be singularly it has to be doubly because it is a sequel
0: (laughs) strike commando the first part of the movie is its own thing right and the first part of this movie is sort of its own thing as well like until the Boat scene where ransom gets double-crossed. The first part of this movie does have its own sort of like flavor to it. Like Ruby, the entire character of Ruby, like warning him and then getting strangled on a train that obviously didn't know they were f- a movie was being <laughs> filmed. <felt> <laughs> <part>. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, it was this unaware regular that they were a
2: (laughs) (laughs) making
0: cinematic history right but then it just like takes over and then the after the first act it is just uh, things you've seen in other movies very similar to strike commando but i the glue that held all these images together i found it much more fun much more interesting the characters felt maybe it was just the inclusion of sync sound but
4: (laughs) i don't think so i think
0: the I think there was a bit more if to it. If there's work anything with the jazz
4: here. singer taught us, it's. Okay. I, I, I will say, though,
3: I cannot, as much as I loved this, I cannot agree with that. Which is to say that, like, that Strike Commando and Strike Commando 2, while being the exact same thing, are basically polar opposites in that Strike Commando 1 is seemingly a bravura, like, big victorious. Triumphant in its tone, mm, and yeah. also in its in its sort of ineptitude is like a movie mm. that like doesn't seem to have any sense of its wrongdoings as it's happening. Yeah. Strike Commando Two, no. And I appreciate that because I love seeing Bruno Mattei stretch his legs. I love the fact that like, you know, it's a movie that is different enough and has new elements and where they're just like, okay, we don't have like Red Brown yelling. We have... Brent Huff smoking cigarillos instead huffing <laughs> you know like knowing that they had smaller set pieces where they were like all right ninjas then and like uh all right we don't have jacoda but we can have a bald guy with a piano wire like piano wire, wire yeah. Yeah, to like saw people's fucking like
1: a heads CIA off.
0: wristwatch sort of thing
1: I think it's always less fun when they're in on the joke it feels like it's more muted
0: no you got I think you guys have uh unfortunately rosy colored opinion of strike commando you think that was like a mistake you think they that was like an innocent mistake all the plagiarism they were doing in that no, first no movie? i don't
3: know i do not think it's an innocent mistake but the choices that were being made in strike commando feel wilder because they feel completely unhinged red brown does not seem to have any sense that this movie is a rip-off. Brent Huff totally knows. and <laughs> I kind of, I appreciate it in the, in the, in the sense of like, let's get someone different. Like let's retcon the fuck out of it. Let's make this a, different movie even though it's the same movie like that's cool by me it almost was like the difference between like a 10 year old and a 12 year old mm. Where like like strike <laughs> commando is like a 10 year old it's just like let's go and the 12 year old's just like yeah it's cool let's go <laughs>
0: <laughs> i really think the difference maker here though is uh rosanna it's because she has her own song by
3: toto
2: look i got him i got him remember 50 50
1: now I can buy uh, a new bar, a Moulin Room in Malibu, yeah, and I can invite all the stars. Drink Don Perignon.
4: Our Swedish debutante. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the glue that holds all those scenes together, I like, found endlessly delightful, and a lot of that was because of the character of Rosanna, like totally. this character yeah. who wasn't along for the ride in the way that marion is
4: oh, no she is literally along for the ride in the exact same way that marion is
2: <laughs> yeah. <the> same lines.
4: <laughs> like, they, she literally basically says until you get me my five thousand dollars back i'm coming with you i'm your new partner <laughs> you've destroyed my tavern i've lost all my savings and if that isn't enough for you my barman who also happens to be my business partner is dead
3: well you don't look too cut up about it
4: well he was a stinker just like you anyway i demand that you pay for the damages i can like both of them you don't have to say one is better than <laughs> but they can be the exact same character and still hold the movie together in a way that i appreciate because a big part of raiders the enjoyment of raiders for me is the character of marion and i and i agree with you here that rosanna is in the same way
1: i would have much <laughs> preferred her and reb brown though like i want oh, yeah. that movie That's the Strike Commando 2 I want. But
4: you don't have to worry about it because they're barely on screen together in this movie. Like, Rosanna's doing her own thing, figuring things out. (laughs) To be fair,
3: I think Red Brown would have eaten her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the difference for me is that, like, Marion at no point got to, like, grab a M40 and blow away Nazis. Fucking Rosanna does.
2: (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs)
0: Right before Rosanna gets in on the absolute massacre of an entire, like, drug compound with uh, Michael Ransom. Michael Ransom escapes his being tortured by this movie's both Gary Busey in Lethal Weapon and the, like, glassed Nazi from... Raiders of the Lost Ark, a perfect confluence of both characters. Yeah, <laughs> if you fly <flied> to them together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is its own thing that I fucking I loved that whole character. But when he escapes that situation by just Brent Huff himself, like fucking like an Olympian, like pulling himself up by just his muscle and like escaping. That was a rad part of the movie. It was just like a wide shot of him actually using just his body strength to like essentially Olympic high bars himself into, like, a roof and escape handcuffs. That rules. That was cool. And yeah. then a ninja is about to kill <laughs> Rosanna, who had just killed... Uh, Hwanto, Wanto, the Drug sex
3: Lord. Maniac.
0: the first wave feminist killer. The <laughs> about to kill Rosanna and th- and does a bunch of short sword tricks. And they, you know, it's the same moment as Rays of Lost Stark, where Harrison Ford just shoots the sword play guy. But something about doing it from the back and then entering the frame <laughs> is like that's very good directing <laughs> in yep. a way that is almost. More dynamic than (laughs) the original iconography? Well,
4: and another great great one, similarly, when they're fighting in the truck, which, again, is basically shot for shot, that, like, chase scene that you see in Raiders, there's this one great performance moment where they're, like trying to fight over the steering wheel and like they swerve out of the way of not crashing something for a second and they kind of look at each other relieved and smile and laugh and then they're like, wait a
2: minute.
4: (laughs) And then continue beating the crap out of each other.
0: And that's objectively
4: funny.
3: So one major issue I had with this movie and I I don't know if you guys will have the same one because uh, just because of like the movies that I watched, a huge whiff on casting... Vic Diaz as Juanto and giving him no fucking lines yeah. because Vic Diaz is a stalwart. He's he's in pretty much every awesome Filipino shot oh, wow. from 1957 to like 2001. He's well known for a string of like women in prison movies that were done in the early 70s by Walter Hill, Big Bird Big Doll House, and you know he would always play like the bad guard and like the Big Bird Cage. He's like a he's like a gay guard who's watching women shower and he's just like you don't have anything I'd be interested in anyway like shit like that it's fucking awesome And he, they
1: give him nothing to do with this and they give him
3: and I, and I saw his name come up in the credits and I was like oh f- hell yeah and then he shows up and I was like sweet he's gonna be the bad guy and then he's in it for like all of t- two minutes and they give him two lines or whatever yeah. and I was just like wait you, and you set him up so good they're like oh he's like the worst he's the yeah. most depraved sex maniac and then, yeah. he, and then he's just sort of like I'm gonna like giving you a bad time like what like
1: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I would like
2: to propose a toast to women. Your relationship with physical pain has something sublime about it. No man could
1: stand labor pains and
2: birth wait. Well, I haven't had any children, so I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah, and then she kills him, and he's holding some diamonds. His biggest scene is he's dead, in dead. It. He's yeah, dead. he's holding the yeah. diamonds, and oh, they fall they, out of the like, sand.
4: Went through all the trouble to like prep his body for like a funeral arrangement, and no one saw <laughs> that he's holding a bag full of diamonds in his clenched fist. Okay, <laughs>
0: maybe the members of One Toad's organization are just more honorable than we give them credit for, and they were like, no, he'd want to hold on to these. (laughs) (laughs) These were one-toes diamonds. The thing that I did
3: really, really like about this movie is the, like, completely wild tonal shifts. Like, the beginning of the movie starts off very dour- Italian crime movie vibe where it's, like, moody with, like, minor key synth stabs happening and it feels very gritty and, like, oh, like, 1986 Strike Commando, people were still jazzed about the Vietnam War, but by 1988, (laughs) people were over it.
1: Vietnam War
3: hipsters. And so it starts off, like, gritty and kind of platoon-y, and then it goes into the sort of requisite action adventure, kind of, like, it gets a little bit more triumphant, but then it kind of it keeps this like darker, moodier, grittier, like almost like a Chris Nolan directed strike commando vibe <laughs> until halfway through when Mary Staven shows up and the movie becomes like literal bananas yeah. yeah he
4: throws her into the back of a truck and doesn't check the back of the truck only to realize the entire army is in said back of the yeah, truck all and all the like, bad guys are back there like madcap buffoonery ensues. Well, and the music is its just
1: like Then we get Randy Newman ragtime
0: (laughs) Yeah And the best part is That moment is preceded By Richard Harris Saying (laughs) With all the sincerity And years of training Underneath him We won't get very far Ransom That's Fucking rad (laughs) He brought it Speaking of Richard
4: Harris quotes When he said First I was a frozen agent Then I was a burnt out agent I felt that that was yeah. my last year.
3: <laughs> it is funny the amount of movies that we've watched now where the motivations of the main bad character is like yeah. shitty
1: retirement plans. Yeah. It's, it's,
4: it's so similar yeah. to... Um, Capitalism fuels us all. Uh, uh, Action, <laughs> USA. Action USA.
1: Yeah. There's a whole scene where they're like sitting around talking about pension, just like Action USA. Michael, your destiny and mine are closely linked together.
3: Now, these diamonds, that... That $10 million, well, that was, that was my payoff for years of service to the CIA. And nobody, but nobody, is going to deprive me of it. Come on, Michael. You're an honest man. I like you. I've saved your life once before. I'll save it again.
2: Come work for me.
0: I'll make you a rich
4: man. How has ransom grown? How have we grown? How has Strike Commando grown in a year?
0: These movies and our growth over the year have a sort of a similar rhythm. They sort of they 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 rhyme in a certain way. Both movies begin with about a first act that is wholly original. The middle, <laughs> like hour twenty, is totally rote, Kind of you know whatever. <laughs> they sort of could think of just sort of like old hacky stuff they could throw together and then they finish it up really sort of strong first one it's rough but charming a year later it's not perfect but it's pretty fucking good it's pretty fucking good are you, huh, y'all
4: hey our six reviews on iTunes that are five stars would agree with us. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah.
0: I also want to say, I, I love everybody who like listens to this, but those like 100 people who listen to it the first weekend. You're, Thank you. You're
4: the real MVPs.
1: Thank you, listeners, for listening to our
0: rambling nonsense for an entire year. No, it's so cool that there's like 100 people who, who listen to this, like regularly.
4: Yeah, we don't owe you all $5,000 or a new bar. Like, you don't have to come along (laughs) with us on this journey. You choose to be our partners on this journey, and we appreciate that.
3: Josh, I am going to challenge you. I don't think at this point it's rambling nonsense. Now it's just regular straightforward nonsense.
1: (laughs) No, now it's tight. Concise nonsense. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think we've uh, worked our way up to droll palaver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting that Jamie
3: asks, "How do you think we've grown?" Because "grown" is the preferred verbiage. <laughs> <Hi-oh>! oh!
0: Oh! <laughs> Never changed, buddy. Never changed.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I love you guys.
1: Love you guys.
0: This has been fun. I also just like...
1: I just like hanging and watching movies and yucking yucks.
0: Oh, wait. I don't like it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now that it's the four of us, maybe we should do our credits now instead of later so that we could, you know, have show some sincerity to actually... The people who have given us things that have made this podcast a podcast. Oh,
4: I like that. Oh, like yeah.
0: That. Probably one of the first things we did as a podcast was reach out to Seth and ask him for a theme song, and he wrote us a fucking. Oh, it's such a banger! Yeah, I
2: iconic. always have it ca- stuck, it stuck
1: in my head. Or is it a <laughs> bop? Is it a bomb, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Is it a bop? Well, thank you. I
0: wrote the lyrics.
2: Uh, yeah
0: and yeah, Greg. Like, thank we've you never for never credited that. This. We've never. Yeah.
3: I mean, to be fair, the lyrics are nonsense.
0: Could you do a spoken word, a dramatic reading? There there
3: does exist, because I did have to take the instrumental and send it to Gabby to kind of like show her the vocal melody and like the (laughs) notes. So there did at some point exist a version of me singing it, and it was truly terrible. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my god Our $15 And higher Patreon subscribers Will receive A destructible Copy Of that recording I know I it want It's to An to...
3: NST It's an NFT
0: <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah As you just said Gabriella Tessitore Who uh, yeah. sang it for us I love the dreamy Sort of oh, beach blanket Oh it's timeless bongo Like it feels kinda. like We stole
4: this theme song From like 1955 Basically <laughs> Like I'm so impressed By how it sounds
0: It sounds so rad And Both of their musicals outfits ghost funk orchestra is rad as shit scout harris is rad as shit these are great musicians who if you're listening to us ramble you should absolutely listen to their stuff you will dig it you will like it it's impossible for you not to
4: or check them out in person because you can kind of do that soon. yeah
0: that's happening now oh yeah speaking of which uh, so many musical stings that we use especially because this is a mini episode you'll hear uh, pretty much only them, T- tens of them.
2: Ten-
0: <laughs> uh, Justin Ferraro did so many awesome songs for us to fill out and make our segments feel professional and cool, and
3: and like we planned them in advance.
0: Exactly, <laughs> it, like it like makes the show feel much more like a show than we do raw and uncut. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be said that our very own Greg Hansen just like played a set with uh, Justin's band, The Rizzos. Which can be found—it's uh, streamed live on bandnada.com, but you can absolutely find it on YouTube. You should watch our baby boy, Greg Hansen, slap some skins with our—the uh, uh, person who makes us sound like we know what the fuck we're doing. Our incredible
1: logo by Shear. my beautiful wife. She's my everything. <laughs> Aww. Aww. She doesn't—she
3: doesn't, she doesn't listen to this because she hates these movies.
4: and we try to respect her time by not recording too late on a weekday but we usually fail so we really appreciate her
1: yeah thank you she won't hear how much we appreciate her yeah she's the
3: best she's building me a a lot of shelves from my office to hold all my bad movies
4: that's true love that's true love that's true love baby
0: also thank you guys for doing this with me like hey. this is this has been definitely a sanity saver throughout this whole oh yeah
4: very much so
3: to be honest i mean uh, yeah i don't know what i would have done for the first 6 months of quarantine like, i would have gone nuts I, I, yeah I, I, especially totally.
1: last this time last year yeah. when it was like oh there is nothing we can do we are yeah, yeah stuck at home all the things we would usually do are gone
4: Also, like, if you had told me over a year ago that I would be doing something that involves putting my voice out in the world to hear and my stupid opinions out in the world to hear every couple of weeks, I would have said, you're crazy. I would never do that. And (laughs) I think I did say that when you asked. (laughs)
3: But, yeah. <laughs> not to us I think I think what you said was am I good enough yeah, uh, or I, like, I was just like I was like girl shut up
0: <laughs> that, yeah it's just insane because it's like we're all pretty good at this
4: We're right yeah
0: what I want to say to just you three is that I am like immensely proud of the thing we've been putting in the world I think we're pretty fucking good. And that's like fun to like put something in the world that you are proud of.
3: This podcast made me understand semiotics
1: in a way that a <laughs> class never did. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I always think you can
1: learn a whole lot from bad movies. Maybe even more so than you can from watching like quote unquote classic movies. We've watched some incredibly good movies on this show that I never would have seen otherwise. I still think about Neon City. Oh.
0: There isn't just this one sort of idea that. That like these are good movies, and this is what good movies are. They fulfill these criteria, and that's it. They will even collect them in a group of according to their criteria. <laughs> their criterion. <laughs> <laughs> It is fun to be reminded that filmmaking is like a discipline that is so wide and includes so much art making. You can get just as much out of these quote-unquote bad movies as you can out of those quote-unquote good ones.
1: And it's amazing to me just how many movies exist. (laughs) And I own them all. Greg has the Raiders of the Lost Ark Museum
2: of... (laughs) Greg is top men!
4: Top (laughs) men.
0: yeah and also surprise the barrier for entry is very low so everyone out there go out and make your movies because i want to see yeah, them. Don't
2: care yeah.
1: go and are. make the thing you love because we did it and it helped us through this ridiculous year final thoughts for year one oh. of video high go out make that thing you love it's rewarding i
3: want to take you baby down to video high Chit chat with my buddies, gonna make me feel fine. You know I wanna, ooh, I wanna take you. Because class is now in session down at Video High.
2: Ja-coda Dakota.
3: Dakota. In. Your ear. Podcast Network.